Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. When we installed internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? You beautiful bastards! No matter how large, no matter how small, we'll be on the internet in the year 2000. It's the primary way that people will look at information. Hello and welcome to When We Were There, Bias Internet History. I'm Thomas. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast all about the history of internet content. The who's who's, the what's what's, the where's Waldo. We get into it all. Whether you want to or not. You know what? I think I think we're cracking up to see a pretty cheeky episode here, Thomas. But before we get into it, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty swell. Pretty doing swell. Pretty sw- that's what I like to hear. I think little like pretty... little behind the scenes action today. It's uh, April first, April Fool's April Day. Fir- I've and... been fooled at least a good four times today. Uh, yeah, and each time was just getting punched right in the stomach by my girlfriend. Yeah, that's a good fool right there. That's a good one. For me, I I I went to go pay rent and they said, uh, "No, you can't pay." And I said, "Huh?" And they said. Just don't worry about it. So we'll see. Yeah, that might have been a fool in itself. They're like, where's rent? A double fool, maybe. They, yeah, that's that's what I'm waiting to find out. Who's the fool in the end? A fool's fool? I don't know. But today, we have a very cool fool. Oh, nice. Uh, I like that. A good friend of mine, a man that has a very good perspective on the history of internet and con- computing itself, Mr. Kaim Wakil. Hello, sir. Hello, sirs. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, for the losers out there who don't know who you are, Ooh. who are you? Well, there's only like one of them. No, the, no one's a loser. Come on. Um, <laughs> I'm nobody, but uh, I am Kayam, that's for sure. Uh, pretty much everywhere on the internet. But uh, I'm an old schooler. I, I go back to, we're going to go to 80s. I got my first computer when I was six. So one of those Sinclairs, you like to push the pop button weird. It's not even a keyboard. And then went to a 60 Commodore 64. Then I smartened up and got an Atari ST. So I'm like really dating myself. I go that far back. Back when computers were video games. When, yeah, when there were video games and the size of a, you know, a pickup truck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the box that came in, like the Apple II. You're like, you need, it didn't fit in the shopping cart. It was so big. But when it got there and you just ripped it apart. Wow. But yeah, I mean, we've gotten smaller. But back from then, um, it just kind of continued. I was always in the the under, you know, the communities that were under all of the uh, the internet, and so found a, a way to you know get creative sources, and then started uh, doing design work, and then that led into a whole bunch of you know opportunities. So uh, at an agency, and then moved from an agency to freelance. From freelancing, uh, I ended up taking a job with one of my clients um, after this agency because I was like, well. They're the inventors of Google Street View. I'll take a job with you. So yeah. got got to learn a lot from them and then just continued. I mean, it was kind of uh, the school of hard knocks. Everything I ever stepped into, I never knew how to do. So I would just learn just like when I got my first computer and it's basic coding, you know, what's the first line? 10. So you learn how to do that. And then, you know, you, you have an ability to have that lesson learned instead of just kind of going through it, getting through the easy way and not learn the lesson. So mm-hmm. um, this is something that yeah. a lot of uh, youth might not know, but uh, basic coding, <laughs> it's not basic, actually. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty complicated. Actually. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's, it's 
this is like pre so for the zoomers out there um the thing that you see pretty much everything on your computer your phone it's a it's a graphical interface and basic or coding was before the invention of the gui or uh the the gui the gui gui the gui the uh, <laughs> graphical user interface so before then it was it was a matrix it was code on a screen you know like strong bad email styles or like the code that you or see the in matrix the matrix yeah yeah yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah so you would actually have to like type in code and like if you wanted to like get email you'd have to like run a certain command to get to email there's no actual graphical screen you know you're having to put in commands and were you using the internet before the graphic well at least you had access to a graphical interface oh you know i was i was pre i was i was on the bulletin board services so it was all text-based like the mafia wars, drug wars, all of that stuff that like resurfaced over and over and over again. The OG, like even the, the stock exchange, that was a super popular uh, uh, server, but it was all text-based. Like you'd be trading stocks in just text and then it kind of got a GUI and then uh, it got really, really cool. So what, yeah. what I see in Discord now is what existed back in the 90s in these like little hubs. I'd like sign on to 30 different servers and I'd see my boys like Uncle Meat, Demos, you know what I mean? Like everyone had an avatar and a weird name. Um, and so I just knew that Uncle Meat was in Jersey, um, you know, and Demos was in, oh, sorry, Demos was in Jersey, Uncle Meat was in Arizona. So it was just like these dudes just had hard drives that they connected to these little tiny servers, which were gra like before text-based. And then they got one up and they're like, man, now we've got file folders. So it's just like Windows, like, like Microsoft Windows, like the file explorer, that's exactly what it was before there was a file explorer. So back then it was like OG tiny little pods or little islands. And then Facebook came along and now they just threw all of the big islands. And now what you're seeing is everyone's kind of breaking apart and going, we want our islands again. So yeah. that's why I'm like, I'm looking at Discord. I'm like, geez, this is old school. It's back in the day when, you know, you were, I mean, what it was used for, it had 256 bit encryption back in the day. Yeah. And so hackers would use it to, they would just basically reverse engineer something. So one crew would be working on one, one part and another there. So all over the world. And then they would just put it all into this little server and then compile it there. And then everyone got new video games. So it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would, you'd probably really have to put in effort to do that because, uh, before, like when, you know, the World Wide Web was getting popular, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it was 90, sorry, 89 that was the first, the invention of the first web browser. Yeah. And Somewhere so around there, yeah. before you actually even had a web browser to use, like, you know, creating a server, a chat room, or hacking, like, you really had to put in the effort to do it. You couldn't just... Yeah, I mean, there was, luckily back then, there were two, like, really phenomenal or prominent companies, I guess. One was uh, Haxial, and then the other one was Hotline. So Hotline Connect was actually started out of Canada, and Hotline Connect was eventually acquired by somebody. But one of the dudes from Hotline was like, I'm going to go start my own, and he created this Haxial. So KDX Haxial servers. And you could do amazing things. Like, I had it on a little USB and so I would be anywhere in the world and I'd plug it into a computer and then I'd access my hard drive at home. So this is before any of this stuff. So like, yeah. I'd show up and people were like, you're a fucking magician. How are you doing this? <laughs> Goddamn and wizard. Then, you know, my hair, my, yeah, my hairdresser, I gave her a KDX server. So she got access to new music that I got. And it was basically that. It was like your community rules, your ups and your downs. You got to have a proportion. 
for every, you know, whatever, like 100 megabytes you download, you have to upload 10 megabytes. And this is back in the day when, you know, a JPEG took five days to download. So there was this like up and downstream. And if you didn't qualify or meet the numbers, you get booted. Or if you act out, you're booted. Okay. And so it was really self-policing in that, that sense. So it was just cool because everyone from around the world would be like, oh, these are the new files. And you look at the new files. It's like, what? this is what was March. So I guess so I was, you know. It was like peer to peer? So like when you ha- had to upload like 10 megabytes or whatever, was that like re-uploading like the same thing? Was it peer to peer downloading? Was, no, it was, a, it was a beautiful architecture. I mean, it was peer to peer because I'm not uploading anything. It's not going to a cloud. It's just sitting on my hard drive. Yeah. So when I... When I start a server, I've just got, well, I didn't have, but people would have 10 hard drives at the time. You can only get, you know, a certain amount of storage. So they just have 10 hard drives and then they would link the directory to their hard drive. So you were just accessing what they had. So anyone running a server, they were going to like, you know, spending lots of money for a T1 line just to have the access. Because back then, you like public access was was monitored or garbage. Yeah. And then this was, you know, a professional line. The other cool thing about this is ISPs back in the day, like I, I grew up when it was like $10 a megabyte or, you know, $30 and then you pay for your bandwidth. Yeah. And so they would cap you or throttle you at like 10 megabytes. And you're like, dude, that's not even anything. Yeah. YouTube's coming out. You can't down even like get watch a video. Um, so this was a way to utilize. There's like three different ways the Internet works. So like highways almost. So there's HTTP, TCP IP and then UDP. So TCIP is not something that the, the ISPs monitored. So I was running terabytes back in the 90s that they Jeez. couldn't measure. And so there is that advantage of this software because it was built by security experts to bypass all of these things. And so it was just amazing to be able to have that kind of freedom. And so all my friends would just like sign up. If I needed a, you know, a text message, like this is the age of pagers, not text phones, you know, like SMSing. Yeah. So this was... Your SMS, it was your answering machine. People would leave you documents. You work on stuff. I just got friends to join up just because it was so easy to like exchange information and collaborate. So it was the internet before the internet, really. Yeah, that's that's insane. wild. And e- even just thinking of like like the idea of terabytes during dial-up, like <laughs> well, it was it was Pat. We were on DSL at that point. But oh, I mean, okay. I, yeah. I I grew up. My first was a twelve hundred baud. But that was like I graduated to the internet with a twelve hundred baud, and then twenty four, then ninety six, and then I was like, "All right, I'm making it. I'm a yeah. bu- whatever thirteen four, whatever the hell it was." Maybe I'm just broke. I had dial up until at least at my mom's until like two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, but that that's Canada. Canada has some real issues with their with their internet. They some of the worst their in the world accessibility. For, yeah. yeah, for a long time, you can get crazy speeds, but crown corporations and big corporations just love to squeeze out yeah. it's like oh we can only give you a megabyte at a time there's only so much bandwidth to go around i just remember like trying to squeeze one out and then my mom gets on the phone it's like mom, oh ah. mom mom i hate yeah. that no that was the other i hate thing. the way you yeah. described that also squeeze <laughs> squeeze one out one out yeah <laughs> that's awful it's true like if you were in a, a multi-household and someone picked up the phone yeah your shit's done like you break yeah. the connection you're like oh man mom you got to go back on. Yeah. And then even your downloads, they didn't have concurrent downloads. So if you're sitting there trying to download something that's, you know, 100, 100 megs, it takes days. 
and the connection. Oh yeah, breaks even with LimeWire. Oh, oh man, think of LimeWire so, days where like you 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 wanted a movie and you would like wait days to watch that movie, and by the time yeah. it's downloaded, either you didn't even want to watch it anymore, or it was just porn. <laughs> My favorites are the ones you download for days and then you open it up and it's like, go to this website for the password. You know, like, oh, you yeah, to unlock the codec or whatever. And you're like, no, <laughs> but what a waste of time. See, yeah. I used LimeWire, but I used it not for very long before I got up hooked up with BitTorrent. Uh, and all I really remember downloading from it was one song that said it was from uh, Requiem of a Dream, but I don't think it was. And it was a cool <laughs> song. And I used to run around and pretend I had a sword. All right. That, and that's like right. my LimeWire experience. So it sounds like I had a pretty <laughs> better experience than you guys. You did have a better experience. Yeah. The good experience I had in LimeWire is uh, at, at the time when it was a thing, my mom was dating a, a guy who was decently tech savvy. So he would, in the early days of like, I think this would have been on Windows 98, um, run like emulators for Sega Genesis and NES. Very cool. And we had a, I had a Sega Dreamcast at the time. So what he would do is he would get like the ISO file, um, and then he would burn that. Like he would mount it. Yeah. And then burn Nero. it onto a CD. Nero. Yeah. That, Nero. That yeah. It. Yeah. I'm yeah. Nero. <laughs> yeah. So we would. So he would like make pre-hacked uh, Dreamcast <laughs> games. So I could be playing Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater, but have a like Spider-Man skin. It was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember I remember coming out to Vancouver and uh, well, this is another story, but um, I was pulled over by the police, but they found four PlayStations in the car and they're like, what do you do with four PlayStations? And they found a whole bunch of other stuff, which made them question a whole bunch of other things. Questions, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so I was actually oh, uh, sorry, my- before you go on with the story for the people that aren't in the Patreon, they can't see uh, Kayam went air quotes around questions because uh, he's not white. <laughs> Right. And he's in rural Canada doing this. He's uh he's an East Asian man, so uh small towns aren't very friendly to the non whites. Now what was I talking about? <laughs> you got pulled you got pulled over with four PlayStations. And in the your cops car. were pissed about it. Yeah, they had questions. Yeah. <laughs> what are you uh, doing? Making a bomb? <laughs> Christ. So I was just like um, well, I'm, it's a nerdy thing, but you see, officer, PlayStations, we can get them modded with a chip that allows us to play all the games. And so there's a guy in Vancouver, and it's the only guy I know. And so that's our hookup. And so I bought everyone's PlayStation, all my buddies, and I'm bringing it out to get modded so we can play together back home. And he's like, really? <laughs> it's like you're such a loser i thought there was more of a story you to thought this. it was like they were all, right, all cool. filled with yeah, cocaine yeah. but actually something yeah you weren't like, that bad what do you do like how come you got these things what are you doing um, why'd you do that thing earlier on yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so yeah it was like it was a bizarre thing of like tech it's like they didn't have any idea of what that was but it was just like Hey, we just want, want to mod some stuff out and play some that's games. what it, that's what it's all about baby yeah i even like I remember when, so what, sorry, I'm trying to like phrase a way to make this, it doesn't sound, make me sound too nerdy or too not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but essentially they made a GameCube version and a computer version of a remake of a Sega Dreamcast game called Sonic Adventure. And what I would do is I would, I would go in on the PC version 
and then mm. I would you could mod the source code so you could be supersonic anytime you got 50 rings like in the old Sonic game uh, and just figure yeah. out like how can I do something like that or in Club Penguin like get some sort of mod so I can like be a ninja penguin and no one else sees me as a nin ninja penguin but it's like but I want to see me as one oh, yeah. okay. and like all the I didn't know you I could mod Club Penguin yeah, you it's could. cheating. Yeah, but it's okay. It's called what? Yeah, cheating. Oh, good. Yeah, true. <laughs> but it was like it was a weird mod. Where I'm like god I, mode. I will beat everyone. You thirteen year olds are no match for my god I could mode. see it. So like the <laughs> online players wouldn't be able to see the new skins that I got, but I did. But at the end of the day, it's like I want. It seems so dumb now that I cared. No, I mean, I it's guess part of your DLCs experience are. in the game, right? You want to know. For sure. People pay for, like, costumes now in games. That's a weird thing. That's a sad that is state huge with of DLCs. the world. Yeah. Virtual costumes. That's a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, get but I guess that's what we're all talking about here. I mean, yeah, this the dumb shit I would do. But, the, but I do want to ask, because I think, like, me and Thomas talk about, like, what we think the golden, silver, bronze age of YouTube is. But if you kind of look at, like, a big term that is thrown out around there, the Wild West days of the internet. And I would probably say what I consider the Wild West days of the internet to be would be like 95 to maybe 2012. Well, that's a big, I think, that's a big I think 2012 scale, is even dude. too late. Maybe 2009, 2009. No, I mean, I would, because I, I, I had Netscape uh, Mosaic, then I had, or Communicator, then Mosaic. I don't know which the order was, but like the first yeah. Netscape browser. Yeah. I remember being in engineering lab and skipping my entire first year of university because I had these little KDX servers. So I used the entire computer facility as like my server base. So I was just in there like not like 24 hours a day. I just hang out there like three o'clock in the morning. I'm just like computing and stuff. But I had like a whole server farm. And so that was that was my entrance into university. But it was at that time. Um, yeah, I. Well, sorry, Tom, I was going to say this is something because we had another episode where we talked about like a, at least what our assumption of the evolution of like social media. And we talked about like pre social media, Internet and stuff and, and Internet browsers came up and we were talking about how like before the like, how did you get the first Internet browser before an Internet browser? Like, how did you yeah. download that? Did did you have to like like a pine or something like that? Like. You would have to do like a command line to download something. You'd have to know I mean, the like the hyperlink to it, basically. But what but what also happened is you started shipping your PCs and they'd come loaded with software. Yeah, that that was the thing. So I mean, I, I don't know if you've watched Halt and Catch Fire, but anyone who's listening to this show or you guys go watch Halt and Catch Fire. It's uh, okay, four seasons. Okay. Yeah, no, no, seriously, it's it's a it's a great experience because. They take a lot of the the leaders in that Silicon Valley early days, and they kind of make the characters like, is that a Steve Jobs? Is that a McAfee? Is that a... But they base the story off of like HP and the race to the personal computer. Yeah. And they go from like 79 or 80 all the way into like the 90s, 2000s. So they start talking about the, you know, the browser wars and how, you know, these guys came up with a browser and they had the, you know, the list and 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 everyone loved it. But then all of a sudden, someone does a deal with the devil and they're shipping it on a computer. You know what I mean? Like, so it was interesting because then you had the battle of the browsers. But, you know, to I mean, that was the opening of it because the access of information, there weren't a lot of sites, but it just kept on growing exponentially. But I, I really do think when you had 2005 YouTube. Yeah. When you had video in a shortened content piece of content that you didn't have to share from some weird site in an email, because that's 
everything that we do now, the memeing and stuff like that, that's just email, it's office emailing. Ah, just check out it's this. It's like email chains that my grandpa would send me. Like, exactly, yeah. those bad jokes. But that's where the, the behavioral mechanic came from. So it kind of it moved on from there. It's just yeah. like grown and amplified from, from that. Yeah. And then once you have like a social graph, then now all the damage is, well, not damage. It's all of the growth it's is done. And yeah, <laughs> but you know, if you look at like how the tree works, it's like, okay, YouTube, there's a few tendrils, but as soon as you find social sharing, that goes everywhere. And with, with a, you know, a speed and, and velocity that we've never really seen. And so now instead of going, in an email go hey take a look at this website and have 10 people on the webs uh, on the on the email and have one person look through now it's just like take a look at this website and everyone can access the website and see you post it like yeah i mean once you had these kind of you know you went for the elect or no not alexa whatever the uh site scores like it's like how many oh, people yeah, are yeah. visiting your site um and now it's no one no more your site it's like that's one metric but how many people are you going to your social so you have video, which is shared moments, funny stories. It's America's, you know, funniest home videos, but in shareable form. And because it came out with that, then you got the sports and then boom, it got shared everywhere. Then it's just like, you know, that's where you had the boom. So I, I would say 2005, 19, whatever, 94. And then after that, it's like, as soon as you had, uh, I, or, um, iPod to iPhone. Yeah. That switch. Because then that was a good decade where you completely re-educated people on how to compute. Well, that's the thing. So yeah, my I, sister is like five years younger than me. Um, yeah. And also just wasn't into, I guess you could say less of a nerd than I. But uh, wasn't as into computers and shit like I was when I was a kid. Um, so her like first experiences with the internet and learning how to compute are on a phone and like you were saying yeah, too crazy. before um she didn't have to learn the hard way how to get shit done so now for her it's like she doesn't know how to troubleshoot or what goes on under the hood it's like if it doesn't work it doesn't work it's broken you know yeah no i think that's that's common to all of us right now i mean i was smart before the internet came around like now i just can <laughs> reference well yeah. I'm so stupid. Like I, I can't even argue or or position myself to argue because I'm gonna sit there midway and go, well, the velocity of that, and and it's based on a theory that I can't recall at the moment. Yeah, but yeah. I have a web link, and I'll send you that web link, and you go take a look at that, and then you come back with your side of well, the that, argument to say that you're smart too. Like that's it's true. so dumb. I'm dumb. That's an interesting now, thing that I've well. I've read about. Uh, I'm now referencing something that I read. Case in point. <laughs> But something that I read about uh, in terms of how the human mind is storing information now and how that's changing. For example, like, do you remember anyone's phone numbers anymore? Yes, mm -hmm. but I'm weird. I but, like, call people constantly. Yeah, I guess. But I'm OK. But like, what's my phone number? Exactly. No, I'm just, I'm just saying a couple of people. But yeah, yeah I, like, like I remember like we my mom's phone number. I remember phone numbers through the phone book. Yeah, I remember my like people's phone numbers from before. I had like contacts in my phone, you know? So I remember my mom's cell phone number. I remember my childhood house's home phone number and like some friends home phone numbers that they don't even use anymore. I remember those. I don't remember any phone numbers now because I don't have to. So my brain is like, oh, you don't need to store that information. It's stored elsewhere. And it's like people are talking about how the way 
where our brains are working are becoming like almost like symbiotic with the internet. Like I've always talked about how um, mm-hmm. you can see the encroachment of tech into like our personal being or whatever. Like you said before, it was the size of a car. And then it was like it could fit on your desk and then it could fit on your lap. Now it fits on your hand. Now it's on your on your fucking wrist, like Josh's Apple Watch, yep. you know? It's like getting <laughs> Call me out, why don't you? But it's getting smaller and closer <laughs> to your person at, at, with every iteration, you know? It's almost yeah. becoming a part of you. You That's almost what are saying. becoming the cyborg that and, we heard about in a space odyssey. Yeah, and not even just physically, but mentally too. The way your brain, like I said, is storing information is changing to consider google as part of your brain that's you know yeah. and it's I, it's in the yeah. vernacular too it's like if you want to find something out like oh you don't research it you google it yeah you know i think that could add to the laziness i i also have a theory and i, I might have said it in the show before i don't think i've said it in these exact words but i would say that social media in the iteration that it is and i'm counting youtube in that killed the idea of a website like even kind of what you're saying before people don't go to websites anymore they find hyperlinks on youtube yeah or they do on facebook you know they like go on reddit are... like content yeah. aggregators yeah but that's what i mean there's like these big people and you might get like sent to like a click hole or something else but like no one goes on that particular website to see what's new you know i remember when i first started going on the internet it's been, okay if i want to play games i go on freeonlinegames.com if i want to see funny stuff funny yep. junk or ebombs world if I want music, yep. maybe I'll go to Napster. If I want to see a web show, well, there's I could go to Newgrounds. I could go to homestarrunner.com. I and then yep. I think when YouTube kind of came about, after about two years of YouTube, no one went to different sites to see videos because everything was gonna end up being dumped on YouTube as well. And even with if you look at like streaming sites, at least for me at this point, that's completely killed streaming or torrenting for the most part. You know, yeah. if I ever wanted to watch anything on that was you know i missed on tv i would have to go to maybe a myriad of different sites i'd have it's to, so you know, lime hard to stream stuff now it's so hard they've to made stream. it so hard it's easier just to pay the five ten dollars a month to, for, to for see netflix it. Same or as, whatever yeah this is something that yeah. me and thomas talk about on and off the podcast is if you look at something like homestarrunner.com or other very mm-hmm. more interactive sites like that or even old flash videos where you know there could be easter eggs or you're clicking like it's low yeah, and flash so start. Yeah, is rest in peace. Flash based websites where there's actually interactivity to a website where even the best websites are the quote unquote best websites right now. Everything is pretty much cookie cutter the same. You know, even old YouTube had a style that you could, you know, customize, whereas now every YouTube page is a profile. No websites yeah. are built like homestarrunner.com anymore. No, no, I, I uh, I'm a big Flash fan. I was in it when it was like Action Script One. You yeah. Know? And so I I bought all the books. I, I read all the tutorials. I looked at all the math that you could produce in, you know, um, like kinetic um, art. Right. It's just like code that's creating it. And then it's using all the physics engines. And then if you touch it with a mouse, then it's all reactive. Like it was a phenomenal playground where you could have that. You know, you dive into a website, you're you're in there yeah right totally it's a it's a a a 30 minute trip yeah and now you're right it is cookie cutter they made it simple but again that's apple killing something because they just wanted market share that was an amazing product but they just choked it out because they just created all of the roadblocks in safari and like even when it was around they were just like yeah sorry we're not gonna play that well same we're playing our format 
the iPhone you also know. was one of the big solidifiers of Flash dying because they yeah. they never yeah. offered uh, Flash support on the iPhone. So yeah, though, well, no, that's what I mean. Like they had so many phones out there, so they limited it with Safari, and then you couldn't really load it, so you could get another browser and and still view stuff. But then they made it so difficult in in the iPhones where it was just like it's not really being supported anywhere. So you have to design elsewhere. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it also I doesn't help that apparently the- Flash was like a, a mess of a program. The, yeah, that's I mean, what I've read. Might been. You can this. always clean it. You can always clean it up. But man, I played back in the, the stock market games back in the day and I was trading Macromedia like nonstop and it made me a lot of money in my game. And then, you know, hey, it's an Adobe product now, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I would I would say like, and I don't mean to shit on the guy, R.I.P. But uh I think Steve Jobs, as much as he did for the innovation of design, I think from the beginning, if you really look at when he really like when he came out with the the original Mac or the Lisa, he wanted to limit the amount of ports. He made special tools so that the average you know hobbyist couldn't just open the machine. He yep. wanted things to be a little more streamlined altogether. You know, he didn't want he hated uh, basic. You know, he he didn't want that. Shit. Yeah, he wanted people to use the machine like an appliance. Yeah, as yeah. he wanted it, and I think because of that, you're losing. I mean, he won. The way even we use the internet right now is exactly sort of that same mindset. We can't, the things that you do, like even if you look at the difference between like an iPhone and an Android, like with an Android, you can get third-party apps and you can get like emulators on your phone. You can change the script so you can like make things custom. But the whole idea of of Apple's philosophy is not having a choice, not having that custom ability. It's here's what we're going to do. Not having a choice in the myriad of choices that we provide you. Like, oh, absolutely. why would you why would you need a choice? Because look at all of our our applications. Yeah. Look what we do. We're we're encrypted. We 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 make little bubbles so you can voice text each other. No other people do that. We care about you. I mean, like, I, I get it. It, it was that's why I say that decade, like even the designer of the phones, like, oops, I think I made a really big mistake designing this. I didn't realize the behavioral mechanics and the addiction and we I, we can't say like, oh, would we be a better world or worse world if we didn't have it or not? It's happened. We can't change any of that. But we can see in hindsight the pieces of the puzzle that we kind of provided. And that's where we're at right now, like data. Like, I think I don't know if it was our conversation earlier on, but, you know, um, I don't care if they they know about me. Um, fine. Just, you know, monitor me. And I said, yeah, I like, said yeah, that. But, oh, yeah, you said that. There you go. And I'm like, but dude. You're part of the machine. You're providing them the data that allows them to get higher accuracy in manipulation yeah. and listening in on you and serving you all your stuff. So, But what am I going to do? We're so deep in it now. No, I get that. I get that. But it's just like the awareness. Like, yeah, ignorance is one thing, but now the transparency is coming around. So you're going to have that shift in, in, in how people, you know, view these things. So... The internet that we built up right now, we had, you know, rest in peace. He did a real job, a really good job. After that, it was out of, you know, anyone's control. It was the populace that created the the mechanics and the behavior. And then instead of selling them stuff we they didn't need, there was like, oh, we just need a new version of it. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. It's a great company. They did a really good sales job. But however, no one really takes into consideration what are the ramifications. I mean, I, I'm like one of those old curmudgeon old men. I'm like, 
you know, like, oh my God, you're the kid. The, the kid's going to look at you and it's this glowing thing. And they're going to be like, no longer is mom and dad the, you know, king and queen of my world. What, what possesses them and owns them is the glowing light. Yeah. The glowing light has the power. So from yeah. the get go, they know the glowing light is the power. No longer any of us. We're, we're, we're the power. We're the community. But when you get born into that world and you see how much attention that pulls away and how, like, commands attention and not only that but the amount of parents who are giving it willingly giving it to the child at such a young age too yeah which i mean there's which there's i there's understand also like i'm not you know i get it being parent (laughs) is hard or whatever Uh, and some people just might not think about it but it's still kind of like i i remember i was in lao in like a tiny island in the mekong river like super rural i mean it's like a tourist destination so i guess they got like more cash flow than other places yeah, but Lao is still like a like a developing nation. Anyway, I was like at some like little restaurant or whatever, just like hanging out, and the people had their young kids there. They're both still in diapers and like drinking milk from a bottle, and they're sitting there with their bottles of milk on an iPhone. Both of them on iPhones, just scrolling, playing games or whatever. They couldn't be more than yeah. like two years old. Yeah. It's crazy. But that's the thing. It's easy, right? We yeah. love convenience. And if it's we have a convenient babysitter that we don't have to pay 25 bucks an hour and have to drive home after, yeah. oh my God, how awesome. So that's when it's like, I love the world of convenience. And it kind of goes back into that whole world of referencing, right? So we're born into a world where we don't, like we can learn it the, the way we you know did well on our test. We'd, we'd memorize it and then we regurgitate it and then we'd forget about it. Yeah. Um, and so with this referencing, the pattern that I figured out was I'm no longer smart in the way of recalling, but let's figure out a better way to recall it. So, you know, I adjusted how I ingested, uh, data. So instead of trying to remember things, I take mental pictures of it. And so when someone asks me, you know, about a particular subject matter or an event, I go to the picture and that's only like, let's say three kilobytes to store in my brain. Yeah, But then I can do the analysis and kind of look at the meta tags and kind of extract all of the rest of the data and have hundreds of megs sitting there that I can just pull out. So now I've just kind of isolated pictures and stored data in them so that I don't have to store the enormous amounts of information. I'm, that come I'm picturing like when you I'm picturing the visualization of your brain like time machine <laughs> and there's just a bunch of screenshots of stuff. You know what I mean? A little bit, yeah, like a little bit of a, a smooth carousel with yeah. some folder tabs. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I, I, I'm one of the, I don't know what the percentage is, but the people who uh, are either completely enable or have a very lacking ability to create pictures in their minds. So I'm very jealous of you because I can't do that. I can't form in, images in my head. Well, yeah, it's like it's not um, like not speed reading or uh, speed memory or whatever like that. Like, it's, No, I know that. And. and no, but it was just, it was taught. Like, I watched, what was that stupid show back in the day? Um, the Mentalist. No, it wasn't <laughs> The Mentalist. It was like a Canadian show, actually. Um, and I don't know any Canadian anyways, shows. Uh, whatever. Anyways, da Vinci's like, Inquest? Uh, I don't know what it was. I'll, I'll, well, I'll find out later. But it was like two dudes, they kind of treat, like figure out some stuff. And the one guy has like this immaculate memory. And he just recalls this one story of going into a bar with his dad. Starts and his dad's like, Hutch? No, <laughs> he's like, remember everything in um, in the room and 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 then close your eyes and then recall everything that you saw. And so it was a mental game where he was like, go in a room, scan it, 
collect all the data and then regurgitate it. So it was like the guy in the, the very end is wearing a Texas A&M hat. He's got a grease stain on his right-hand side. It's an oil stain and he's got overalls and he's got his butt crack hanging out. The woman with his purse has got one um, heel that's kind of broken. You can see it's about to break off and she seems to have had a hard day. The guy who just walked in, like, it was that kind of ment- uh, like that kind of mental exercise. Yeah. When I saw the show and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I wish I had a superpower. So then I just kept on doing that. And I would walk into a room. I would take my little picture and I would try and pull back as much information as possible. And so that was so hard because visual requires much more compute than audio. Mm. Right. So I was just like, why am I storing all of this video when I can yeah. just take a snapshot and then, you know, whatever that little pixel, hidden pixel in there, that opens up and like I can relive that experience and be in that moment. So it was just a way to reduce the the, the compute and have it uh, accessible because um, it's easier that way. Like if you look at some of the, you know, the the memory champions, they tell a story, right? Yeah. It's I walked down the street and then this, um, you know, the banana hit me in the face and then, then there was a, an apple tree. And that means 317, right? Damn, and yeah. these, these people memorize 500, like 1,000 numbered uh, numbers memorized. Like, you know, read this back to me. And they're just like, 134, 773, 453, 127. And what they've done is just created a story. And when they're trying to recall it, they just walk down the street like they were coming home from work and the things that they saw. That's and crazy. so they created their own little you know, um, ways of memory, uh, you know, remembering. So I saw like all these like PBS Nova shows and I was like, man, I want to be a superhero. Cause I was, you know, by myself, I had no friends. This is awesome. I'm yeah. going to be a superhero. So we're going to take just... you to Vegas when the pandemic's over. <laughs> we're going to win a lot of cash. Yeah, definitely. 17. Is uh... Rain Man a woke movie? Oh, I was thinking I of 21. I don't because I don't think no, it but holds that's funny, up now. But I don't think it is. I it was on because Tom Cruise took an autistic guy to win at slots like he was just some sort of machine. So I don't think you could remake that movie again today. Because uh, Dustin mean, Hoffman's the... pretty old. No, you can re you could remake it with different actors, but you want to no. like, revisit it. Like no, no, Tom I want to see Cruise and now he's got to yeah. get Cruise his and you know, brother out of out of the driveway to go make some bank. Like no, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, no, no. I I do to kind of go back to, you know, what the Internet's become. I think like this isn't there's a lot of nails in the coffin. And I, I, I think one of the people who hit it on the head very well was Bo Burnham on when we lost the Internet. Mm. And I think there are moments before then. But for me, you not that we son lost, of a bitch. It's, Thomas showed it to me. I showed it to me, you and I was going to bring it up. You son of a bitch. Well, finish I, your that's thought. I'm not getting in. I'm not getting finish, into the Bo Burnham thing. I want you to be able to get finish into it. Finish your thought. Well, He's setting you up. It's, it's an alley-oop. <laughs> Team sport, I was setting guys. you Team up sport. and you were, a little, you were a little butthead about it. But no, what, <laughs> one of the moments, like me personally, was the invention of the, the Chromebook. Because it's this thing that essentially like is for grandmas and people who are casual with the internet where you can kind of do everything, but you can really do nothing. Like there's almost no RAM or GPO on there. I kind of love it. I like this, this monitor I'm using is technically a Chromebook. I just don't use it as a Chromebook. It kind of sucks. I used it at my old job. But the thing is like, you have so much that you can do with the internet. Like there's so many millions of things you can do, which none of them you can do on a Chromebook because you can't actually use anything to work onto a computer because it has no OS. It's just, yeah. Chrome. access that's crazy yeah. it's a portal 
Yeah, and, it's a portal the, book. But the fact that the like the Chromebooks are huge, they're cheaper. Most people who are using a computer are literally just using like it's like a Facebook machine or a YouTube machine or yeah. Netflix, you know? Yeah. And I think I, I I guess I just grew up seeing like look at all these amazing things you can do with a computer. And what add internet access to that, like you can have the whole world at your fingertips. It can be like you can grab video games or source codes or talk to millions of people over the world. And like it, it just doesn't really seem like that's what it is anymore. Like I, I think a, a great quote I heard was actually from Californication where David Duchovny's character says <laughs> the Internet was supposed to liberate us and democratize us. And it's just somehow turned into a four figure wank machine. Yeah. Like it's a Facebook and porn box now. Like. I even even me like who would consider myself not at the level of someone like Kai am, but someone who, you know, grew up trying to do as much as I could and like gain a lot of access to different things I I had to put effort into. I pretty much like I'm not sourcing stuff. I'm going on Netflix. I'm going on Amazon Prime, you know, yeah, I'm so I, I even even for YouTube, like remember when you were going onto the internet and sometimes youtube just didn't work they had to main do maintenance on the site like that yeah. doesn't exist anymore on like, any, on any major so site it doesn't happen no yeah unless it's hacked but even then it's like get it back up yeah <laughs> it's like life or death yeah well it's crazy because like we demand a lot yeah well and and now like those sites are i guess almost like viewed more like utilities like if someone's like Oh, my YouTube is down. It's like the same reaction. It's like the water is out, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, oh my god, Slack is down. What am I gonna do? Yeah. How am I gonna work today? And I'm I, like, um, I'm pretty sure you can do all your work. But uh, yeah, and I guess since I made such a fuss about it, the the Bo Burnham quote that uh, I really like. There's a couple things I wanted to bring up, not just the one interview. Uh, that he has where he, basically what he says he talks about youtube and it's in its infancy and how a lot of people were looking at it like this is the next big thing and like like oscar movies are going to be like made and uploaded here and they're going to be made independently like this is the platform yeah. of the people which then just got totally devoured by corporations and the quote i really like from him is he said uh we lost the war on the internet we lost there was an invisible war and we lost it which i i've really that's really resonated with me. But from mm -hmm. one of his specials, uh, he's talking about social media and he refers to it as uh, the market's answer to a generation that demanded to perform. So they said, sure, perform everything all the time to everyone. Uh, and I also really yep. resonate with that because it's true. It's like we were raised in this media centric, you know, culture of like, celebrityism and you know everyone's consuming content like family the family quality time is in front of the tv or whatever right um yeah. and so every kid grows up wanting to be famous and then now it's like oh this like i don't know like world here like anyone can do it anyone can be famous so they like really <laughs> push that idea onto you know onto everyone i don't know it's it's very interesting thing well no, no it's an in insta insta world like yeah uh back the social media when twitter came out like i was in saskatoon saskatchewan and i got nothing to do but like tweet like i, I think i joked about it earlier there's nothing to do but make babies work on cars uh or get on a computer yeah and so i chose getting on a computer um but i just tweeted and you know with a very small following like 
I was up in the ranks of like Gary V and like going head to head with him and toe to toe. He's got, you know, 9 million followers. I got 5,000, but I would have more signal than he would. Yeah. And, you know, in a short period of time, I did this one experiment. Like I got kind of like 15 tweets of fame, but in one, in 18, 18 months, I accumulated over a billion impressions and over 110 million retweets. It's so crazy. I even had like a, sh a shortened URL that was ki.am because just like that story and you got kind of choked like, hey, that was my story. Back in the day, if someone stole your tweet or your link, but like, dude, that was my link. Yeah, yeah. Because what we were all fighting for was attention. Of course. And then they had metrics that said how, like, are you in the 100th percentile of Twitter followers in the entire network? So as soon as they put metrics on it, now we were all gaming the system to see how we can manipulate the clout. And then clout came out, which was a fancy way of, of scoring. And you would get free shit. Like Virgin Airlines would be like, oh, I'll get this kind of clout score. And you get a free flight to San Francisco. They actually call it clout? K-L-O-U-T. Yeah. It was, this was like how we measured the internet. Like they even That's had so like funny. Re retweet, um, the retweet kings and queens of, the, of Twitter. And it was just basically like, how many retweets like Mashable would always be on the highest. And it's like, who's got the most retweets today, this month, this week. And so yeah, YouTube had a similar, up, everyone wants to compete. Similar thing where you could essentially, you'd look at like the statistics of like, okay, who's like the most subscribed YouTuber of all time. But then like by day, by region, by genre. Yeah. And I, I know me and Thomas followed that yeah. pretty closely and that's not a thing you can see anymore. And even that kind of takes away from the experience no. because I think, we, me and Thomas have talked about this a lot in person. I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet, but I think a big thing, at least for us, where the moment that YouTube kind of went away from that thing that was the people's medium, for me at least, was uh, the station. And I'm not sure, Kaim, if you saw the station. It was it was very short lived. It's it turned into Maker's Studios, but it was oh yeah, I know Maker's Studio, but I don't know the station. Yeah, yeah okay. so before Maker Studios, Maker Studios, it was the station. It was a group. It was like Lisa Donovan, who was known as Lisa Nova, Philip DeFranco. Yeah, I know her. Dave, yeah. a, a bunch of like the biggest YouTubers at the time. Basically, like they the top together. twenty, like as many from the top twenty as they could get yeah. to agree. And they were gonna make like collaborate. Like this is before like cl YouTube collabs or like yeah. like Vine or TikTok collabs that we have today. It was just like. It was crazy because at the time you could be a YouTuber anywhere. L.A. didn't need to be the hub, but a bunch of them went to L.A. and they got together and they're like, we're going to make sketch comedy. We're going to make music videos and vlogs. Yeah. So they had this chance to be like, OK, this doesn't have to follow the format of traditional media. Not everything has to follow a three act no. story structure. It doesn't have to necessarily be a certain length or have yeah. advertisements or like. So, but it's just like we're going to make shit that we want to be funny. And I think the fact that you know who Maker Studio is shows you that that didn't happen. They ended up becoming a corporation. And because they couldn't work together, a lot of these people, some people left. And then it kind of yeah. went from like, okay, what can we do to make ourselves laugh and make our fans happy to like, how can we sell ad space? How can we, you know, appease yep. the algorithm? And I think it was one of those things where like, that was that make or break moment where like YouTube could have been its own thing. And now it's like, the top trending videos are like from Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or one of the Jimmies. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it's, 
it's it isn't the people's medium like even if you're not one of those people you you just have to do dumb shit that kids will watch to like get on the top leaderboards because kids content makes more money and it's going to be like seen more and it usually has more watch time yeah you just set something up in front of a kid and they're not going to click away from it or even just not even just that it needs to be like kid media or whatever it's just the way the algorithm is designed is it rewards high frequency low effort content yeah yeah. yeah, the authenticity is gone. That's like such a huge theme of this podcast is the authenticity is kind of leaving from the Internet. All of a sudden, everyone is trying to be like traditional media. And even Liam Kyle Sullivan, who we had in the podcast last week, who talked about how like when he was first doing YouTube to get famous and he talked to Smosh and they said, oh, we don't want to leave YouTube. We want to stay here. We don't want to try to make a TV show made. And that kind of is what it became. But at the same time, mm. YouTube is essentially just another television station, just as is Netflix or Hulu or Prime or Crave, yeah. you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure when Ian and Anthony said that back in whatever year it was, he said he met them like 2007 or something. Like, that was, they were still doing like the pure YouTube thing. I don't think they had yeah. been bought by Defy yet or anything. No, like MCNs or multi channel networks weren't a thing then. Like, no. Really, like, Maker is probably the first big one and that was out of uh, yeah. like at least lisa donovan being like okay well maybe we can't make this the sketch thing that we wanted but if we make a network of multiple channels yeah. and we take a certain amount of their gross and then we also pump them up to be like hey maker studio that was once the station all the most popular youtubers you're gonna be in our suggested we're gonna like yep. shout your name out and then mcns became a thing which now it seems like we're kind of drifting away from and realizing a lot of them aren't the best, especially what happened with Defy Media yeah. and them firing everyone and saying they're bankrupt but stealing a whole bunch of money. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's full screen, like Maker, kind of like made the way, paved the way. There was uh, what's make what's that gaming one? Uh, Machinima. Machina? Mach- yeah, Machinima. Machinima is actually older than Maker. Yeah, and so I would say that I was going to say like that's the first MCN that I knew of yeah. where and they and they did very well because it was a completely different genre. It was gamers, and so. You're gonna have the underground of those, and there's a ton of us. I'm, I'm maybe I'm not. I'm including myself in there. I used to play. I don't play a lot now. But yeah. Still, the like, thing that of Machinima was, was also. Say. I think we talked about this in the first episode. Machinima was also very bad in terms of how they treated their creators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's the we learned it from the movies and the stories. Uh, pimp life is is hard, right? Yeah. They're just yeah. they're straight pimping, and so Fun they're fact. just like, translating that into a different medium machinima it means machine cinema as it is cinema uh built in machine on uh software you just so it's Googled not actually that. animated itself no i just a thing i know it looks like you're Googling. it's just as it for people i know people who are watching the video watching the video for people who are watching the video it looks like you googled it ah yes well i did <laughs> It's because they made it in the game mechanics. They didn't self-animate. Though I believe Red versus Blue, which was the first big machinima, did start to do their own actual animation. They've yeah, I mean, so even as early as like the first like couple seasons, or maybe even the first season, they would superimpose stuff like into the uh, the video. Um, so like it was all like filmed or recorded in Halo, and then they would the Forge mode camera, correct? No. <laughs> Halo. Oh, I thought it was okay. Forge mode was invented because of red versus blue. Oh, okay. 
or the well theater mm. mode was invented because of red versus blue to make it easier for them to film no when they started it was halo one they like had to system link like two xboxes so they'd have eight people or eight characters um one person would always play as the camera uh and that's why actually they had to cut the they would crop the screen so as to not show the um the gun like i think you could turn off all the hud oh. but you could never turn off the crossfire and the crosshair the crosshairs yeah yeah crosshairs but so I they mean, had that, to crop that it. That's even a perfect example of like what we're talking about is like we we were doing this thing that was new, this new medium where they're shooting it this way or using like uh, forge mode. Whereas now that uh, Red versus Blue and Rooster Teeth is a much bigger company, they can actually just pay animators to, you know, go in either Cinema 4D or 3D Max and just do it themselves. Yeah, though I wonder I haven't watched Red versus Blue in years and I've, the trailers I've seen. I've seen trailers for the new season, which I'm flabbergasted they're still making it they need to stop uh, you heard it here they stop making red versus blue. please stop. Please stop for the love of god stop making it but uh the trailer i saw was entirely cgi so but that's that's the thing is we're like in every way we're kind of drifting away from this thing that would have been slightly different from traditional media and now that is what youtube is like the people yeah. You know, obviously there's there's different things, but the people that are actually making money and working on it, they're having to sell their own ad space aside from just using AdSense or monetization. You know, they're incorporating certain things they know will appease like an algorithm, just like appeasing sponsor, appeasing, you know, whoever the chairman of fucking CBS is. I think yeah. you don't know who that is. It's less Moonves. OK, Shame. get off my Shame. ass. Shame. It is less Moonves, but anyway, that's cool. We'll I didn't that. know that. I didn't um, either. Good job. But <laughs> I, I just think, yeah, it, 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 it's so convenient in my life how the internet or social media is right now. But at the same time, I kind of miss kind of having this thing that it kind of felt like it was our own. It definitely doesn't mm -hmm. anymore. No. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me switch the or switch up a gear. Yeah. Now we're getting Do into. It. Now we're we're talking about like manual curation, and I got to put effort in. And I'm doing ads. What happens with the AI guys like GPT-3, OpenAI? Like I can sit here and, you know, I was watching some videos and they can run a bunch of Albert Einstein papers through this thing. And then it can like embody the persona of Albert Einstein. And so yeah. you, this guy, what he did is he wrote a physics paper and he had Albert Einstein critique it. And then he gave it to, uh, he's like, well, Albert Einstein's dead, so he can't really verify that that's how he would actually, you know, critique it. So he did it with a live professor. So he took the professor's paper, popped it in this thing in the AI as Albert Einstein critiqued it. And he took it back to the professor and he's like, so how's the critique? He's like, oh, these are all really good points. And that's actually right. And then blah, blah, blah. And it's that's like crazy. That's Albert Einstein run through an AI Jesus. giving you feedback on your paper. And then the next part of the video was me doing voice split screen well not me doing voice but it would be me doing voice split screen and i go i want to do a website looks like google has one form field has two buttons underneath that form field one says search and the other says i'm feeling lucky you step away and you're watching an ai code all of this and then the html show up that's and insane. then you can go, Jesus. but i like this the the css style from square Boom, pulls in the CSS and now it looks like square. So 
I can go through GPT-3 through Figma and do audio design. So think about, I need a scene, a back alley. It's just rained. The, the manhole cover's got some steam popping up from it. I need a slow pan from the water taking the reflection of the car into the windshield. And then I need a hard cut to the theater on the right. That's insane. Boom, done. That's crazy. Now, that's me directing it. What happens when the AI teaches the AI and now it knows all of the ways to do the direction? Like, it's not that good at uh, writing the script just yet, but it's putting it out and it's like 85% there. Well, that's the thing. You mix human beings and the AI and that's like a script. So Netflix does that. All of their movies that you're like, you're watching it, you're like, this doesn't suck, but it's not good, but I can't stop watching it. The algorithm. Right, really? They just because I know I know oh, yeah. a lot of articles online are written by bots, like yeah. probably the majority oh, yeah. oh, now. That's easy. And with GPT three, that was one of the things. Like you have bought like Open Open AI or no, what was it? Open Ah, whatever. They have a, a Copy AI. That's what it was. So Copy AI. I need to write a a blog. I need to write an essay. I just need to feed it ten words describing what my paper should entail, or I can get a little bit more specific and have specific notations and it'll construct the rest. Like, so it's, it's crazy. getting crazy. Yeah. If I, so I'm your videos, hypothetical. your avatars, your digital humans, they won't exist. No one's curating that. That's just based off of our viewership, our interaction with it. It'll just learn and goes, these people like this thing. These people like this thing. Give them compute more, send it out. Christ. I'm going to throw a hypothetical out there based on this software. <laughs> yeah okay so i put in a bunch of photos and tweets for my old man will that robot tell me that i'm not a disappointment and that it's proud of me huh never you do that i mean you would have to program the script but if you're using the database and it depends like if you used his facebook messenger will this robot would... give me a hug and tell me it's okay son because <sighs> i think program i need it that way yeah yeah i'll pro i'll do whatever programming <laughs> i'll put as much the money raw... in data of your dad then no yeah i just want i just want it it to say it's it's proud of me and i'm doing i think you know i think you're onto something there's something here we could probably like uh create some way of just like anonymously logging in and and have your dad hug you or just the hand on the shoulder yeah it's okay parentalapproval.com learning yeah because last time i asked the real thing the real article my real old man for a hug (laughs) he said winners get hugs and losers (laughs) try again did you try again I did, and he socks me right in the <laughs> teeth, and he said, "Happy April Fool's, son." You're a man First, now. You're a man now, and I said, "Oh, so it's a fool. You're proud of me?" And he said, "Never. Come back when you've done better." Wow. <laughs> yeah. So if a robot could say you're doing okay, yeah, maybe I'd sleep at night. Okay. So they're working on it. We'll, you'll, you'll get there soon. The Japanese have the little hologram thingies or whatever, so it's like. Um, it, it sits in a little... you guys remember you know, Asimo? Uh, the little... No, was like I do, but I don't. The first robot thing they had, and he just shuffles around. The dog? No, he's like a guy. He's like a really short-looking guy, and he shuffles around. <laughs> so he's not a guy, he's a robot. <laughs> yeah. He's a robot. It, he's a robot it shuffles guy. Down. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you pulled up a picture, I'd be like, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah. I saw We're saying, once. guys, see, the robots are going to win, man. They're going to... They're gonna Clever bot is going to be my fucking boss. That's fine. Two years. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of bots that you're going to be your boss, but I think I don't think it can run by itself. But then 
the thing is, you know, I've seen all of the movies. I know where people's thoughts go. They're like, we'll make it, you know, obey us. The AI will obey us. I'm like, huh. I don't know if you guys seen the show Next. Watch the show Next and think about that statement. How would just Terminator, like, my guy? No, t- Terminator's Merminator. I'm talking about Next. I was watching that. I'm like, that's today. That's what can happen right now. What the? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give me anxiety every 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 episode, but now I'm prepared. Like the You're world, ready. it's a yeah, it's if, a survival. If, if, it, if it yeah, no, 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 the AI goes down. I know it's like you steal a car, like a '74 Oldsmobile, no electronics. Oh, you yeah. get rid of all like like I know the spy movies. You get rid of your phone, the battery, but like any camera along the way, any electrical device, like if it's a you know a smart light bulb, you're screwed. So I was like. It taught me survival when the the Armageddon of the bots come. I'm like, I know what to do. Oh, so, I already yeah. know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hop in a Model T. I'm going to be drinking an analog <laughs> martini. And I'm going to be kicking my shoes up. And here's, here's, here's another thing for the AI listening right now, okay? You might be able to take this podcast's job. You might be able to take all of our jobs. But there's one person's job you can't take. And that's Asa's job. Miss Akira, please come on the podcast if you're Asa, listening to this. We need you. We have you. so many questions, Miss Akira. We need you more than ever, Asa. Asa. Your your job is the one job that has been around since the beginning of the internet and will never phase out because no one yeah. can do what you do, Miss Akira. Yeah. No. That's true. So, uh, yeah, like if anyone knows Asa, if you could give her pass over the information yeah, to be on. Yeah. Just the send podcast. her send her the deets, and I'm sure she'll follow through right away. <laughs> Yo, I got you. I have my t- my people tweet your people. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> get us get us into the same room as Asa. That's what Asa. we want. It's sexy really, and you, funny. You, you like this Asa Akira? Yeah, I just feel like she'd be a great guest. She'd have a new. Unique I, I think so. And she's pretty. That's funny an amazing too. story. And yeah, I mean, if you're talking about internet, she's been around. That's yeah. what I'm saying. The so, internet. The internet. Gonna... Sorry. Allegedly. Whatever. Yeah. I just want to protect myself. I have all the respect. But she has been around on the internet, discoverable for a moon or two. So here's my pitch for a movie right now, based on what you just said. The world's falling apart, okay? Skynet <laughs> yeah. is taken fucking over. Yeah. And they're like, ah, we just can't throw it back. We can't get the bots to throw it back right. Awesome. And then Asa comes in. She's got a <laughs> machine gun, right? Like an M40. And she's going, <laughs> shoots down all the bots and say, I'll throw it back, Mr. President. Uh, Asa's Revenge Three. Okay, tweet at me. Asa's Revenge Three: Return of the Ass. Right, because nice. she's throwing it back. So, so let me get this straight. So there's no one or two. You're just jumping straight to three. Three's always the best. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 I love it. Also, it's, it's, it's great. The, the number three kind of looks like a butt. Nice. That's yeah, yeah. the way. That's so that's the way I like you guys it. are on to some. You got you yeah. got some soup cooking, guys. It's it's starting to smell good. Oh yeah, it'll smell even better <laughs> once Asa is here. <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. So I I I like we, we always like to do a good uh, wrap up in this podcast. And one you of the like things I yeah. wrap. You need to spit some bars I for us. I can't have gluten. No, I was gonna say a really bad joke that I learned like way back in the day, but I realized that. Saying it back in the day was acceptable, but okay. So we're gonna move past. Say it. So moving on. If you say it, no, 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 no. Say say the the thing, and then if it's if we decide it's not good, we'll bleep it out. No. Okay. That would have been a funny bit. 
have you ever completed a, hand, <laughs> a, a hands-free e-jack? Like, define hands-free. Using squeezing or Kegels or just your brain alone, you've gotten yourself to completion. Just by myself? Like, no no outside yeah. help? Yeah. No apparatus. No, but I'll tell you tomorrow. Nice. Okay. I like that. So, so far, <laughs> no one but me has done it. So Josh oh, is totally well, alone. Well, congratulations. That's some great Kegels. I was control. 19. It, I, I hadn't. It, it was a like, different oh, time. But wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. No, no, no. Questions. Okay. Questions. Yeah. Um. Yes. Without any stimulation, like you were just like up in your like Chrome Dome and be like, mm, "I'm kegeling," no. and like, well, bang. I was you very were aroused. Asa. I threw Asa <laughs> on, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty hot," as yeah. it should be, because I was getting right. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not sitting gonna down, touch standing it. up, sitting lying, down, standing up, lying on lying the edge down. of my bed, lying yeah. on the edge and then of I your just, bed. I like kind of like thrust and squeezed. Uh, like kind of use that squeezing motion to kind of like move me and then, i don't know if that uh, would yeah. work How, hold on I mean, I, like again i was 19 as virile yeah. as i'll ever be you know hey, sure. i hadn't in a week so i was just like okay can i do this and i pulled it off and i've never achieved it since you hadn't in weeks <laughs> yeah but like again i haven't achieved it since then i'm 27 now so it's been eight years <laughs> um have you tried yeah, like though I, said, I feel like you're not trying good job Regular. Tried a couple times, but it's the 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 work that I would have to put into it. I'd I'd really have to change my life. I'd have to start eating thirty vegetables. A That's day. celery, lots of celery. So let me get this straight: you end all your shows like this. We don't always this? end it like that. But Sometimes yeah. it's oh. in the middle. Oh, this is in the middle. Oh, I, let's keep on going then. You can't end the show that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. I we can. <laughs> we can. I I think T Thomas, do you have any any other hot hitting web questions? Ooh, um, well, I guess I realized, like, I don't think we ever really had you describe what you do on the internet. Like, you, because you, that's your job is something to do with the internet, right? I don't well, even know. It's kind of funny because I you know it, it's when I get on calls, people are like, you do so much. I don't know what you do. And I go, that's exactly what I, you know, I do. I make sure no one knows what I do. Right. And so you're like, not well, going to spill the beans here. I'll, I'll spill the beans. I used to be like the, the, try to be the most underestimated person in the room. Right. Because once once they they think you're no threat, they start talking very freely, and all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, information nice. that you wouldn't have been, you know, overheard or took took part in because they don't see you as a threat." So I kind of always just kind of like not really dulled my light or or shrunk away. It was just observing, you know, you, yeah. you can watch the patterns, and so um, in a sense, I, I was able to see patterns, and I see a pattern, and I'm like, "Oh, I would be very effective there. Let me swoop in." And so, you know, working in that uh, immersive media field, um, I went into a technology company that, you know, invented Google Street View. This is all like military based, like GPS pictures, blah, blah, blah. But how do you take that tech and make it cool for entertainment? So that was my job is, is you know, doing a tech, uh, turning a technology company into a technology enabling company. Okay. So I partnered up with agencies and then we took 360 video and we incorporated it into like the world's record skydive, 108 skydivers. And we rigged a, the skydiver in the middle with, you know, a 360 camera dropping 18,000 feet. So you're dropping 18,000 feet with them. Back in 2012, um, you know, I was at the point where we could like embed flash um, inside Facebook 
and we could do 360 video like six years or whatever it was before Facebook was doing it. Right. So it's yeah, interesting just to play nuts. in that realm where these were all first, like world's first. And so for my first project that I did, it was for the Olympics in, in London. So I was like, damn, like this is, this is a solid it's job. Pretty ace, yeah. So I do that. I do this gig and you know, the, the agency, they're like, well, we're going to, you know, uh, submit this for a bunch of awards. I'm like, Oh, I get, I forgot creatives awards. That's awesome. Like if you do a good job, you get an award. You got to got have Cleo, one, my guy. <laughs> nice. Um, and so it, it went into like the, the agency and it won all the agency awards and then it went to can and it got a, uh, a bronze can lion. And I was like, you got a pump door. This is my first job at this company, and I just landed a bronze lion. You got two like, palm doors your first day. That's insane. Um, <laughs> and then um, working over the next whatever year and a half, I you know was, I got to work on amazing campaigns with amazing agencies like from around the world. And by the time I left, I I racked up like a little bit over twenty can lions, like two grand prix, a gold, a bunch of silvers, a bunch of bronze, and that was coming from a kid from Saskatoon who got a hat copy of Corel Draw. And here I had like an amazing technology that no one had access to at the time and mm. enabled them to do things that weren't ever possible. And so um, that was kind of my career. And then uh, I retired from VR in 2000, I think it was 14, 13, somewhere around there. And then all of a sudden Facebook bought Oculus and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I guess I got to come back in. Cause what that did was, scrape five years off of the timeline of growth. Uh, right. I was like, I've, I've been around here for a long time. It's not going to, it's not going to turn the corner for a while. It's still on that frontier pioneer. And the saying in, in, you know, in entrepreneurship, if, if you're a pioneer, um, you usually have arrows in your back because you're the first one and no one wants you to get the land. So you're yeah. the first one there and you're like, look at this, I got all this land. And then as soon as you got celebratory, there's an arrow in your back and then yeah. you're flat down. And all of the, you know, the settlers come in going, good thing that pioneer found this. We're yeah. Make us a fortune. So that kind of got me into, um, you know, that realm of, of VR and all of that. And I got back into it. Um, and then um, continuing the, the, the camera side, I was really, um, you know, I love the live side of things. So I ended up uh, partnering with Halsey Miner, the guy who started CNET um, and then Google Voice. He was the first money into Salesforce. So he's like old school.com dude, but he's a cloud guy and he invented uh, with a, a, an engineer, a stereoscopic live streaming VR camera. So what that means is the way VR 360 video was captured, it was like a big ball and there was a bunch of lenses on it. So instead of having a camera and having a frame, we get a whole bunch of frames and then we just kind of stitch them all together. So they all stitch into an entire ball, but that's only one. So if you put on a headset, you got a left eye and you got a left eye. What's that going to make you do? Feel really dizzy, nauseated, uh, hate VR. So you needed to capture just like we do. So there are stereoscopic cameras, but they were this big. So that's capturing 3D video for an elephant or a hippopotamus, not a human being. To be able to capture 3D stereo, it had to be the same size as our eyes. Right. So we designed a camera that created the interpupillary distance at the same size as as, uh, as the human eyes and had 16 lenses around it. And then we were able to just stick it onto a, a tripod, throw a battery on there and you're live streaming. 
So it was it was moving into live streaming and making it accessible. That's crazy. So then you could set that up at like some event or something, and then people could join the stream if they're hooked up to their VR. It's like they're there. You, I believe, last time you were in town, you're also telling me about. And we'll cut this out if this is something you're not ready to talk about yet. Um, But I I'm trying to like projection mapping onto walls to give the illusion of depth. Yeah. So the camera thing was my my last like gig. I I I always wanted to get into product because everything else is creative. I'm like, I want to get into product because that's that's where the money's at. If you can build a product, um, cool. But I didn't want to get in manufacturing a product. But somehow, you know, um, I ended up there. And that's where I was just like, pro- like manufacturing product isn't what I want to do. I want to go to creative. And I hate headsets. Like, I'm the, the tattoo artist that doesn't have tattoos. I just don't do VR. I don't think it's like... All the power to everyone who's doing it. They're the pioneers, the frontiers. I've been in it for 14 years. I'm just going to switch to something that I know. Like, I know that I can create immersive experiences without a headset. So um, I look to, you know, move away from the the VR, the AR, the MR, the XR, all the pirate talk. And yeah. just go, how do you go walk down a hallway? Because that's, if you walk down the side, sidewalk, you're in a 3D environment. What's the difference of me changing that environment into a hallway where I project stuff on the walls? I can make it look like there's a park to the left and there's a building to your right. You'd walking down the street. It's three dimensional. So what I wanted to do is create a way where you're not going to the museum of ice cream, where you don't take a picture of a big banana on a you know pink background. While there are people who love that and that's great. It's Instagrammable. It's not, it doesn't have story in it. And what I wanted to do was get people to feel like they're eight years old again and just discover a story like playing in a, an environment. So what better place than a very dark, large maze, the size of a football field where you walk in, you got 12 foot tall walls and all of a sudden the projections start and then you're just ushered along. And it's like a story or a a movie that you're in and you're not really, you know, you don't understand what's going on, but you just walk in and I won't ruin the rest of it, but essentially it, envelops you for 60 minutes and on the outside of it um there's a bunch of uh, stuff that you can do and it's like now you've got your instagrammable moments we'll give you the data to go create your instagrammable moments but while you're in the moment have that so yeah it was kind of looking at what's what's the cost what's the you know why do i want to be on the product side or consumer side why don't i want to create joy like i'm making vr cameras I got into it because I think I thought the news sucked and the news gave you a, a frame. But when you're doing 360, you get the truth and all the frames that aren't in this frame that's presented. Because if it's presented, it's altered. Yeah. I was like, oh, we can help create and capture real news. Like you see the one person screaming and yelling and going, the U.S. sucks, death to the U.S. But then you didn't see that their child was pinned underneath the tank beside her. You know what I mean? Like that kind of imagery you never get because you, you have to edit it for normal viewers. But we're getting into a more transparent, you know, you, you want to see that kind of stuff because you don't want to see that, but you want to see the truth and not what's being presented. So that was my kind of, you know, um, altruistic way of going, hey, let me let me do some good and, and report back things that you can't like earthquake zone. You can put that on a drone. It's on a helicopter. It's situational awareness. It's helpful, but it's also a way to be present in that moment. Like 
they had, um, after the Syrian uh, earthquake, they had a camera set up and you saw the kids in the distance and they're moving around and they start slowly moving towards the camera. But they're playing soccer with a crushed up Evian bottle. And you're just like, whoa, wow, like that's, that's moving. Like all you yeah. see is plumes of dust and rubble. And then you're in there with these kids and you, you, you can actually feel it. So that was where I was like, I really got into it because it was like the live aspect in the news. But then it wasn't enough. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to make try and make some effort here. But I just thought joy was way easier of a task. And, you know, to make someone feel like a kid, that's pretty cool. If it's really cool and, and, and compelling, people will come back. And so, you know, instead of creating some place where you just go like Disneyland, um, I love Cirque du Soleil's kind of when they first started out you would go across different cities and you'd see the tent, the yeah. yellow and blue tent. And they're like, oh, Cirque's in town. And Cirque was in town for four months. And then they left. And then the Cirque was in town in another town for four months. And then they left. So I looked at the capital cost of doing all of these location-based entertainment. It was that, that was the most expensive thing, the building. So I just figured out a way to like make a big gigantic maze, fold it down into a bunch of shipping containers and then move it to another place. You want to create scarcity because if something's there, you're like, I'll go next Tuesday. Oh, it's there next month. I'll go next yeah. month. Right. But if it's only there for two months, you're like, oh, shit, I haven't gone yet, but I, I got to go. And then when you miss it, there's that FOMO. And that's the world that we've created with right now, immediacy, surface oriented. We just need that scarcity because if it's what everyone wants, oh, I set the trends. I don't follow them. Clubhouse is awesome when it first starts out, but when everyone jumps on, uh, signal, signal and noise. So it's it's kind of like a, a nice little balance of that stuff. So what you're saying is the secret to success is two things. Number one, trying to capture that childhood whimsy. And number two so. is trying to be the most underestimated person in the room so you can get that knowledge. So I, I'm going to tell you guys something. <laughs> that I did recently, because I've had this talk with Kyan before, is to try to get ahead in business. So what I did is I went into a boardroom, an office room, if you will, and I had shit my pants. Yeah, That's the childhood whimsy. But also, when you're the guy in the office that shits your pants, they don't expect you to do like they the, really, the They really thing. underestimate So you. they were saying all sorts of stuff that they would have never said in like, oh, this guy smells. Did you shit your pants? You don't work here. So get the I was hell getting out of this kind of, yeah, all this stuff that like normally I would never hear. And I think if I can take that into every business opportunity that I have, there's no way that I won't succeed. I think that's a beautiful. And I might have been kicked out of that office and had to clean my pants. <laughs> but I learned a valuable lesson that day. And I think we all just learned a valuable lesson. Exactly. So, Kai, I, so. I, I, I want to thank you for being on the podcast and educating us on your time in tech and the interwebs there you go yeah boop beep, boop beep, boop www dot <laughs> there you go where can people find you if they want to yeah, find you got stuff? a plug um i don't have much of a plug but i am kayam if you can spell it it's i-a-m-k-h-a-y-y-a-m so if twitter.com slash i am kayam facebook.com i am kayam linkedin.com i am kayam so whatever platform there is out there it's usually an i am kayam so Hit me up at Twitter. That's probably the easiest one. And then go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you want to find us, we are When We Are There show on Instagram and TikTok. 
If you want to see some of our comedic promo, that is the place to go. We are also Friend Styles on uh, Anchor FM, Patreon, and YouTube. Anything else, Thomas? I think that's about all of it. Uh, as I said in one of the more recent episodes or one of the last ones, be on the lookout for uh, Wholesome Only Boys. <laughs> the Wholesome Only Boys. Wholesome Boys coming to Pornhub. It's our Wholesome yeah. Only fans. We're expanding. Wholesome Only. There is no nudity. I, I think but I like there is this. A lot of I don't know awesome- what you got yes. cooking, but I like you it. You know, there's a lot of wholesomeness. Yeah, it sounds like you got a lot of awesome sauce oh, yeah. in that cooking. So be on the lookout for that. Nice. Okay, awesome, guys. Thanks so much, Kayam. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Adios. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Oh, air high five. Air high five. Air high five. Nice. Boom. Boom. All right, guys. We did it. Have a good one.